Your DWSA's podcast is brought to you by First Nations Fiber. Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of The Beating Table with your hosts, Leif Makiwa and Degorohyakwa Stand-Up. Coming from Kahnawake, it's beautiful outside, and we're here to talk about beating, artistry, all that kind of stuff, and hopefully extend to you some of our lessons that we've learned as artists in the beadwork world. So, Degorohyakwa, how are you doing? I'm tired. No. <laughs> I'm like all jazzed up. You're like, I'm tired. Uh, I'm good. I am so good. Actually, I am amazing because, hooray, I finished my order. That big ridiculous order is gone and, well, sort of gone, but it's gone and out of my life. <laughs> so can you share with the audience like what the order was? So Degar Yaku has been working on an order for about two months. Yeah. And shall we said it was, uh, what'd you say? Draining my soul. Draining your soul, and she said it was a hush-hush order. So what was the order? Yes. So I was commissioned to make 34 medallions. They were all identical. Hooray. Yeah, so the KEC over here, they um, they hired me to do that for their B.Ed. program graduates. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, everybody. Woo, Congratulations. Good job. Yep, so that's what I had been working on for the past little while, and I couldn't say anything because it was a surprise. They were mm-hmm. gifted it on their, their – they had like a dinner So I made all of those medallions Mm -hmm. and actually it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I really thought it was going to be rough to do them. Before you say, yep. what did you think was going to be rough? Just that it was identical doing that amount of pieces that are all identical. I thought it was going to be like, you know, really rough, but it wasn't. It became mindless after a while. I just did it because I, it was there. Like I knew what I had to do. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't a big deal. It was just the crunch time, like maybe the last week I was, I was stressing, like the week before I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get this done in time. Like I was starting to panic just a little bit, but then I had to set some goals and say, okay, by Wednesday, all the beating has to be done. That'll give me like two to three days to finish up all of the assembly. So I had to stick with that, meaning like I was up till one, one thirty every night trying to get it done. So I was exhausted trying to get them done. But yeah. So they're all done. Well, they're not all done. There were 28 that they needed for this okay. past weekend, I think yeah. it was, or two weeks two weeks ago. So they have those and I have six more to make just to finish the order, which are only due for next year, but they're already in the works just so that they're not. So I'm you just not get doing... rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Just get them off. Yeah. yeah. So I'm done. So that's great. And I have a few other things that I can tick off my to-do list. I had like a birthday medallion I had to do, mm-hmm. which is gone. And I still have two or three moccasins to do, two moccasins and a medallion. So those were just like past raffles and orders and stuff oh, yeah. like that. So nothing major. That's so what are you working I'm, on now? Right now I'm working on a, a men's chest plate, which has nothing to do with any of those orders. <laughs> 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 it's just the Amal, what do they call it? The UFO box on Unfinished projects, unfinished objects, items. objects, items. yeah, <laughs> objects. Yeah, 
I had started it up years ago mm-hmm. and I just never got around to finishing it. So now I'm working on it and trying to get it done. So and it'll be up for grabs. I'll actually have something to sell. So whenever it's done. Awesome. And you, where are you at in life? <laughs> I am finished both of the orders I had for October. Unfortunately, I was two weeks late for the cradle board. The baby was born and then I sent it out and I believe he was like two weeks old when he got it, if not a little bit more. So that was done. And then I also had a order for the same time as you for the graduation. My cousin, uh, Carissa McCumber, shout out to you. Congratulations on your graduation from McGill. She had asked me years ago, well, when she first started her program, it was like three, maybe four years ago. I'm not really sure. She said, hey, would you mind, like, would you be interested in beating for me? And I said, yeah, sure. No problem. And as the years went on, of course, COVID and all that stuff. And then I must have been in the summer, she reached out and just said, like, are you are you are still going to do it? And I was like, yeah. And then she sent me her inspiration photo, which was lilacs. And I was like, oh, my God, I never did a lilac before. And my grandmother, like our grandmother, where she lived, there was a big lilac tree next to her. So I wasn't sure if it was like in honor of that, which I found it, it was like that was one of the reasons why she chose a lilac. But because I knew that I felt that maybe that's what it was, it put a lot more pressure on me to make it like really good. I didn't want to like disappoint kind of thing. And and I didn't and I had no no real like reference point. I never really saw anybody make a, a lilac. I think somebody maybe last year or a year and a half ago did. Like I had a, a, a fleeting memory that they did. But so I really, I really had no personal and I was like, I don't want it to look like a purple blob on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I just put it to the really last minute, like two weeks before she was graduating. I had already beaded slightly the vamps in terms of the rope stitch and that kind of thing. But then I thought, okay, now I really have to design this and really put it in my mind in the forefront and really get it done. And it really turned out excellent. I I am very proud. I am very glad that I was able to accomplish that. I think it it's my most, I think maybe most contemporary piece just because it's just one big giant lilac bloom. And I've never done that. I'm always like adding things. It's always more of like a, I don't like, know. Like a story to like it or something. Like a story to yeah. it. And yeah. this is just that story. But it really reflects like the photo she sent me. Everything, like almost all the same, all the colors from the photo are on this this vamp. And then I just made the moccasins really simple. I didn't even line them. I was like, I don't want to. Like, I just want to just do this. And so thankfully... um, they fit her and she wore them and I was really glad and I'm, I'm I'm glad I was able to really put in the effort and really be proud of what it was, what it turned out to be. Cause I was very hesitant and intimidated. Yeah. To do it. And I've, I'm not really intimidated. I'm not really intimidated to do things mm-hmm. because I think I feel like secure in what I do, but this was like totally out of my wheelhouse and I really had no reference point and I mm-hmm. just was like, Oh crap. Like, and and honestly, I've done, I did a lilac years ago. Oh, you did? But I didn't want to show it to you because okay. I didn't want to influence. Really? I your, didn't even know. Yeah, but it wasn't on, it wasn't just beadwork. It was a painting I did for okay. a friend. It's two wolves and then it's all lilacs on I the front saw. of it. I never saw. But it's a painting though. So yeah. most of it's painting and then there's some lilacs beat it on okay. with within the, the painting of it. I know, like you said, you don't like to really see too many because then it, that your mind gets yeah. locked onto those yeah. images. And then sometimes I find it boxes you in where yeah. it's like, oh, that's what I saw. So that's the way it's got to be here. Yeah, you yeah. know. So, yeah. So I didn't want to show you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to show me now. I'll have to hunt it down. I have no idea where it is, though. Really? If I have that picture. Yeah. Yeah. So I did those two things. And then now I'm starting my daughter's stuff for graduation. Uh, her moccasins are designed, like the vamps are designed. I started her purse. I'm like, maybe 
eighty percent done. Mm-hmm. I did yeah, that yeah, over yeah. the last three days, so I was really excited. I'm really happy about that. And it was just all line work, and then I have um, some cuffs to do, and then I have to sew her Oneida dress, and then do all the beadwork. So that's I'm like I'm trying to get all these like accessory parts done because I know yeah. the rest is coming. That really it's a bigger bigger that's chunk. Really of it. big, a really big chunk. I really don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it just because I don't want to cut the fabric and it not be right. Yeah. Because once you cut it, you can't make it go back together. So <laughs> I'm just a little bit hesitant, but it'll work out and that's Nancy about goal. it. So so we had some, co- we okay, so what happens usually for us to find topics is we either like put a call out to Instagram or we have conversations or people have conversations with us and then we like take from there. But more often than not, we have conversations and then we forget about what our topics are usually or how intense and passionate we were about them. So what I started doing is this last month is I started recording our conversations, not like recording all of our conversations. But if I <laughs> notice we're having a really good conversation, I'll record it on a, vo- a voice memo so that I'll have a reference point. And so last night I was listening to some of our conversations like, oh, my God, this is some good. It's some good conversation. And hopefully it'll come out today the same way it came out on on my phone right now but I'll delete it of course <laughs> and of course like when we're having conversations we're talking directly about people who've actually talked to us whereas here we're not going to say any names or do any of that because like that's not really really cool and we haven't added, asked anybody's permission but maybe they'll know because <laughs> if they've talked to either of us and we talk about the subject then shout out to all of you and yeah for the inspiration <laughs> So one of our topics we had talked about earlier in the month during our taped conversation is, can you take constructive criticism? No. no. (laughs) Yes and no. And to quote Margaret from the the taping, it says, I don't know. I might be too fragile. (laughs) It just might crush me. Yeah. And that's because you said you're a type of person. And what kind of person are you? I'm a people pleaser. Well, I'm working on it, though. Not really. I am, but I'm like (laughs) still working on it, but I'm getting to a point where I'm like, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) And and we had talked about like someone in your presence giving you criticism versus somebody behind your back giving, like giving their own personal opinion about things. Because I mean, I'll be honest, I've seen work, not necessarily beadwork, it could be anything. And I'm, and I critique it, you know, because I might be like, you know, I make quilts and I, like I said, I'm sewing my, my daughter's dress and... I've made baskets and I've done a variety of things. I wouldn't say I'm a master in any of those ones. I wouldn't even say I'm a master beater. Like that sounds kind of, doesn't sound right. I don't think so because I'm I'm a work in progress, of course. But if you've had your hand and you've dabbled in those things, you know, one, how hard it is. Two, you know. um, You know when there's shortcuts, you know, when there's things like that that are taken or 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 maybe when you look at it you just know that some people are not they may not know certain things yet yeah you know kind of like that so we were talking about it and then then we were then we were talking about like being the fly in the wall like could you be able to take constructive criticism and I said oh my god I'm for it I would love to be in a room with people who are giving me their feedback and just critiquing what I what I made and then I think though for me it's delivery yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all about delivery yeah. because if somebody were to come into my workspace and just say it's garbage, mm-hmm. I would not be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I would be flipping out. But that's not constructive criticism. Exactly. Yeah. So if even that though, it also constructive 
I think when it comes to maybe assembly, when it comes to technical things, okay. maybe in a sense, then if it's something that could help me make it a little bit better, make it more sturdy, make it more whatever, mm -hmm. you know, then, okay. But if somebody comes in to say, well, I don't like the way you made your flower, or I guess that's not really constructive either, but it's in that certain way, like when it becomes like the, the art part of it, maybe in a sense, like, okay, like the coloring, like, oh, well, I don't really care for those colors mm -hmm. or I don't, which is fine. That's yeah. everybody, but that's unnecessary information that you need to give to people, to me sometimes. Like if I chose those colors, yeah. who gives a shit if you don't like them? Don't say anything. Like that's to me, that's the way I look at things sometimes where. Do you think it's different if they're a buyer versus like a client? Like, do you think it's different if it's. No, I think it's like all a around. buyer. No, because. Because that's all personal preference, right? Like I can yeah. go in the store and be like, oh my God, that shirt looks like trash. I'm not buying it. Yeah. And and everyone has that opinion. That's totally fine. But if that designer was there, would I say that? Shit yeah. Is would trash? you say it to them? And would it be know. nice? You know, would it be yeah. needed? Like, mm -hmm. I guess it's like when it's needed information to help the artist elevate their stuff, mm -hmm. maybe. So it's always that fine line, though. Like, how, what do you say or whatever? And, and part of the conversation we had had or what I thought I, what I brought up was like, I've been to shows or I've been at the store. Or I've seen people talk about like stuff like they my stuff. And like, oh, I mean, okay, so this is going to sound like it's all about me, but it's just my experience and I'm not trying to be <laughs> egotistical. Or, but they're like, oh, yeah, it's so nice, blah, 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 blah. This stuff, of course, you're standing in front of them. They're not going to, I mean, I assume they're not going to say, oh, that's ugly. When I, I know they don't like it when they walk away and that's totally fine. Like that's, that's like people's prerogative, right? Like if they don't feel moved by it or anything to buy it, then walk away and that's cool. Even if I've told you my story about it or whatever. But what I would be interested in is, like the client, my client who has it, who's purchased it, and then them looking it over and being like, oh, this is what she did. And oh, this is like, oh man, she did, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like that's what I'm interested in. I mean, when I, when I finish a piece, I more often than not, I'm like a hundred percent fine with how it looks and it's for whoever it is and I've let it go and it's gone and whatever. But I still would be interested in to see like what they think of it. Like they're real honest thing. Like, I've never had it. I don't think I've ever had a client who's come back to me and say, you know what? After looking at this, I really don't like that. Or, you know, like you got this part, part but you know, when I got home, I still enjoy the piece and I'm not going to give it back. But this is what I think like would be interesting to do like that, you know? So, I mean, that for me, I've, I'd be interested to hear what people, how people talk about it. I mean, that's just something I would be interested in the negative a lot just because it's interesting to see how other people's interpretation is. I'm interested in that part. Yeah. I think like, you know, delivery, yeah, it makes a, makes a difference. And I'm one of those people who have reached out to other artists and we talked about this, like I've reached out to artists to say, you know what, this ex is excellent work and whatever. Maybe if we, if you tweak this, it would look even better coming from like a place where like, I know I've had pieces and some of my fellow beaters have said you could do it this way or change your thread to do this way because it, you can see it or this kind of looks like a little bit wonky on one side. And I had mentioned too that like wonkiness, wonky rope versus sloppiness is two different things. Like some people just haven't reached a point where their rope is really straight. Maybe they're brand new. Like my rope was really like crazy when I started and even probably for a few years after. And even today, it's sometimes like a wonk, a little thing. But you can tell wonkiness versus sloppiness when people are just being sloppy. 
and not being like intentionally trying to do awesome. Yeah. Sometimes it's like just fast. It's fast work, I guess, in a sense. Like you could tell when somebody's rushing. To, yeah. To do it something. Looks sloppy. Like, yeah. When there's no uh, heart, I guess, involved. We also talked about standards because like we were saying, yeah. like if somebody's critiquing your stuff, well, what is the standard they're critiquing it on or who has, who is to say what the standard should be? Like even that comment I just made where a wonky rope versus a sloppiness, they're going to be like, who the fuck are you, Leaf, to say that this is sloppy? Well, sometimes you can tell when things don't look just a certain way. You're a certain way. It has nothing to do with where you are in terms of how your bead work, like where you are in terms of like your experiences or your years put in. Because when I see something like that, I always take into account who it is who's making it. If I know, and if not, then I'm like, oh, I wonder who made that, you know, like, and then thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe I could send, drop them a line and say, you know, like, if you need extra help, like just pull, pull a little bit tighter and stuff like that, you know, but yeah, sometimes it's just, it, it's like, uh, I don't know, trying to find out the balance of it and looking at things like, because we were talking about also um, self-doubt, that was yeah. something that had come up before and not wanting to discourage people like mm -hmm. in that sense and i think sometimes the critiques i don't know yeah i don't know if everyone feels it's all de delivery i guess because i don't know if people get like self-doubt because people critique or if it's just through like i've i've had discussions with people and a lot of self-doubt comes in when we compare ourselves to another artist all the time I don't know why people do that. That yeah, you're not like we all do it. Everyone does it. I don't know why. Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. I think it's everyone does it anyways. Like you do it regardless of just not just. Do you art. do it? Everyone does it. You probably do it and don't I notice don't it. I don't even. I don't <laughs> notice probably it, don't but, recognize but I don't. It, yeah. I don't think. But because I'm, I'm not a. I'm yeah. not. I'm try. I try not to. Yeah. Like but I, I think don't compare everyone, my my yeah. wonky rope to another person's wonky rope. I see my wonky rope, but I but I'm not gonna say I'm not oblivious to seeing things on other people's beadwork. Yeah. No. But I like, in the know. sense that if it's a newer, even older beaters, like everybody does it. I've I have friends who are major beaters and don't and sometimes do the same thing. They feel like maybe, oh my god, like this one did this one so great, and maybe mine's not as good. Or I do it like mm -hmm. I've been beating how many years, and sometimes I'm like, oh, mine looks like trash. Everyone does it. It's that self doubt that creeps in because sometimes you see things that are are awesome that are so much more. Yeah, <laughs> and then you. Which sometimes it helps because it helps you to elevate your own stuff. But it's kind of like, but I think it's that idea of always trying to get bigger and better. And I don't, why though? You know what I mean? Like sometimes I have to pull myself down to say like, well, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to compete? Or why do you feel like yours isn't good enough? Or it's not as nice as the ones you just saw? Or, you know, it's trying to like reel yourself back in because it's that self-doubt that creeps in like, oh, well, mine's not good enough. So I have to make it better. I have to make it. You know, so I find there's a lot of artists that do that. Like I've had a lot of discussions with people and especially for beginners to giving classes and stuff like that. I see it all the time where people will come in and if their stuff does not look identical to something, the example that I've shown mm -hmm. or something, they want to throw it out. And I'm like, this might be your first class. Like it takes years to mm -hmm. to be able to learn how to make yeah. a straight rope or yeah. how to you know, lay your beads flat, like, and everybody struggles with it sometimes. It's not just uh, beginners or anybody, you know? So yeah, it's hard. It's, I think it's like a lot of uh, your own mental self-talk and like 
how you perceive your own work and yourself and whatever. But I think it's important to kind of like be kind and gentle sometimes to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and well, I don't think people are, are in general, whether it's beadwork or just professionally or personally, people aren't don't have enough grace for themselves. Yeah. Like, you know, most people have grace for other people just because like that's what people feel like they're conditioned. Like you have to be so nice to everybody. But people forget to be kind to themselves. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the things is that you have to just have patience and grace for where you are and what you're doing. Like you won't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect a six-year-old who's just starting to like do figure skating to be twirling around on the ice. Like, you know, (laughs) like like somebody who's headed to the Olympics and you shouldn't expect the same thing from yourself. Like it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're starting something from new, chances are you're not going to be good at it right away. And if you are excellent and if you are, maybe that's something that you choose not to do because you want to do something that's challenging. You know, like I, I, I don't know why people put so much pressure on themselves that way. Like I put my pressure on myself in other ways. I don't think I put myself in pressure in comparison to anybody for beadwork for myself. It's always, what can I do that's better than the last thing I did? And sometimes it's not. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh my God, like I can't, like, I don't really... I don't, I don't like that anymore, what I did, you know, like this last pair of moccasins, it was one flower and I got a lot of satisfaction out of that than say my most ornate piece, just because I've never done anything like I just did. So I don't know, like for me, I, I'm always comparing myself to my last best thing or what I thought was my last best thing and not necessarily to anybody else because I can't compete with anybody else. I'm not them. Like that's not my thing. And and it's it sounds kind of odd because I'm in competition, but I don't know what everybody else is doing when I'm in the competition. I'm just doing whatever I can do that's the best that I can do, not necessarily beating somebody else. I just got to do what I can do. I can't expect myself to do more than that. And I don't think people should expect themselves to to be better than where they think they are. But you have to be realistic. Like, I know where I am. Like, I started off not knowing anything, like, how to do whatever. And I was, like, on the bottom rung in my mind of what I did, you know. And now I'm more maybe, like, a half rung, you know. Like, I'm a little <laughs> bit better than what I was. I know I am. I can see the progression. Like, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. But to say I'm better than so-and-so versus so-and-so, well, not necessarily. Because it's, pers- it's all personal perspective. Like, somebody might, like a wonky rope and I'm trying to strive not to make a wonky rope. So they're going to want that more than they're going to want my stuff. That's all about the purchaser. It's all about the buyer, their Mm -hmm. client, and it's all personal perspective. And people have to take that into account. Like I always say, there's a market for everybody. Everybody, there's somebody for every, there's somebody for everybody. And there's a piece, a beaded piece or any kind of artwork for anybody. Like sometimes people buy a canvas that just looks like it's white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, what the hell? But Hey, and that's it. That, that kind of goes into it because art is, as they say, it's subjective. So yeah. how, yeah, how do you, where do you say that this is better than something else? Or, and I think it comes down to like that, like the criticism of maybe just the construction of it. Or like if you see maybe like a whole thread of string hanging off or like uh, your beads are hanging down and you yeah. know what, it's going to break, you know, those things and whatever. But yeah, I think it's, it's just trying to uh, keep the blinders on too sometimes because even that, like years ago, when I first started, we didn't have all the social media yeah. that we have now. And you see where the influences come in too. Like I, I had more teachings with Merit. So a lot of my stuff, 
looks like hers, uh-huh. you know, because that was the influence at the and time. You took a lot of classes, right? You took a few classes. Uh, yeah, I took, I think, two or three. I think I've taken three classes. Two yeah. Or two classes. Yeah. I've done the, like a few moccasins, maybe. No, I've done one moccasin, two, I think. Anyways, but yeah. So you see that. You mm-hmm. see like the inspirations at the time. And then, yeah, you just kind of go from there or whatever. But yeah, I think it's just. You you just got to kind of put your blinders on and not worry about what other people are doing and not beat yourself up. Like I felt it like not too long ago, like Jessica Hernandez put out that beautiful, like beaded, the purse, that little, it was oh, like the a, inspiration by the, sh- by the, the yeah. purse she put in for the Yuntgatuta. Yes. It that was, was yeah. so beautiful. Innovative. It was very innovative. It was. And yes. I felt so like I, w- it was beautiful and I was mm-hmm. so, ha- and then I felt sad because I was like, I know he told me because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I am so bogged down with everything other crap like even if I have well I do have the time but I'm just not in the space to to make anything creative and I was just like I want to make some I'm so damn you're not nice. like soaring <laughs> out of creativity like you're not soaring not out right of- now yeah, you right, know yeah, so yeah. I was just kind of like oh I want to do some that's so amazing yeah. like you know so it just kind of made me it didn't make me feel bad I just felt bad. <laughs> like yeah. I made myself feel Cause bad because you, so. you could see like the it wasn't necessarily, you could totally see it was her, like the colors and everything. Yes, it was everything. like totally was her. So nice. But it wasn't necessarily in the same realm that she's usually doing. Like she, you could see that she, it was like out of like. Yeah. It was totally out of the box. Like it yeah. was something, it was her own inspiration that she'd seen uh, a high end um, purse. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was like, it was so innovative. It was so different. It was so, I was like, I want that inspiration. (laughs) I want something to hit me and like, oh shit, I'm going to make something amazing, you know? Yeah. So I'm still waiting, but (laughs) hopefully it hits me. I wonder, like I had a question, like, um, not a question, but we were, when I was listening back to that taping and talk about how some newbies are stumped by their comparison of work, like you had said, versus like where they are. And I wonder like, Maybe a question for the listeners is, what would you ask in a beating class that you never, like you feel like afraid to ask about? Like, what's that question that you just feel intimidated on asking because you don't want to look like a dummy or whatever, like, you know, and just what are you too shy to ask about? That's something that I would. That would be interesting. I'm like on the other end of that. Me, I don't care. I'll ask you whatever. If I need to know, then I'll ask. Like, I'm. A little bit more open on that. Sometimes yeah. even it puts my own foot in my mouth. But uh-huh. if I don't know, I'm going to ask, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely that's an encouragement to say, like, yeah, if you want to, you know, you don't understand something, you don't know, like, ask. Yeah. It's the only way you're going to learn. So, yeah. but yeah, that would be interesting to see, like, and sometimes it, it seems like people think it's like a dumb question or it's something so simple or, you know, but. But not everybody knows. Yeah, like, you don't like, know. Like, <laughs> like if you if you never listened to our podcast and it's only been out for 11 episodes and you've never been to a beaver class, you might not know it, the news of the beating world or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I didn't know anything about any shows or anything until I think it was um, the late Gail Montour went to a show, went to the herd and came back. And then Carla Della, I'm um, not Carla Della. Carla Hemlock went and she went to these shows and I heard about that. I never knew anything like it's such a wide open topic, the arts, especially B work. And now like with more social media, of course it's, it's out there more, but before it wasn't so much, but if you don't, like if you haven't had any exposure, of course you're not going to know, like, you know, like you're not going to know what threads to buy, like what kind of thread to buy, or I mean, like where to find designs or what kind of leather is good or anything or with a glue and all that kind of stuff. So it's better just to be, to ask the questions, but I guess people, maybe people don't feel safe. I don't know. Maybe people are afraid to be judged. Maybe that's, 
maybe that's the underlining probably is that we just have self-doubt. We just don't have the confidence because no one wants to be a newbie all the time. You know, like I, yeah, I know how it is to be at work somewhere and you feel like you don't know nothing. You don't want to ask, but you got to ask because you don't want to look like dummy, you know, <laughs> anyway. Yes. So I think that's was, well, we talked about standards. Oh yeah. Did we talk about standards? Sort of. We Kinda. touched on it, but it's, it, it goes back into that. Like who, who? the hell is who? Yes. To say this is good and this ain't. And I, I, somebody had said this before in a conversation I had, and it was, it was really uh, kind of enlightening, I guess, a mm -hmm. little bit, because what she had said was, whose responsibility is it to really, to say something to somebody? If, if, okay, so say if you see something that's, that we are saying, like, if there's a thread that's like, uh, your beads are hanging off something yes. or whatever, like, is it my responsibility to say something to that person? Or is it, you know what I mean? That it comes down to that. So I was like, that's interesting. Like, do you say something or do you not say something? I like, want to say something. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting you said, you say that about the beads hanging down. Cause when I posted, I posted something on Facebook yesterday, uh, Instagram yesterday. And somebody said, oh, I remember this time when you told me that, you know, the beads are hanging off something. And you told me like you fixed, I don't know. It's, it's something, and she wrote, she wrote the word lazy. I don't know if I said lazy, <laughs> but today it seems like I might have, cause I've been saying laziness a little bit today, but she said, Oh, you know, she goes, I remember that. And that like that critique that, you know, you told me like you should tie off your beads cause they're going to like, they're going to come loose. They're going to be loose or something like that. Mm -hmm. So in that case, I must've said, and I've said to other people now, I will say, that there are times in the last year that I've wanted to reach out to people and say, you know what, this is, please don't take it the wrong way. And I really feel that this could elevate your stuff to another level. And I've said that before to somebody else and it was um, received well. Mm -hmm. Have I said that in recent times when I really want to? No, I haven't. Have I written it out on a memo <laughs> in my phone? Yes, so that I could send it, but I haven't. And I just don't know why not. And I think it's because one, I don't know. I don't know if, what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that like, I don't know what I'm afraid of. Audience, what is it I'm afraid of? Because I know there's <laughs> other people who know and I don't know why no one's saying anything. And I don't know. But, you know, if you see something, I'm going to open it out there and maybe put it out on me. If you see something on my stuff, let me know. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm giving you carte blanche. And I think... I think the hard part is that like, if nobody tells you, like nobody said to me, like, you know, at least those beads are just <laughs> rotten color. You are always using those rotten colored beads. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what? if nobody somebody... tells me I'm going to keep doing it, but then if somebody keeps buying it from me with <laughs> rotten beads on it, then of course I'm going to keep making it. So maybe it's, maybe it's just too, you snooze, you lose. I don't know. Like... I don't know. Maybe I'm in a different place. If somebody came to me and said, like, your beads are on, I'd be like, kiss my ass. I don't give a shit. Like, this is what I did. You don't like it too bad. Somebody else will. <laughs> like, and maybe that's you know? what happens. And maybe, maybe, maybe somebody has loose beads and people are buying it. So they just said, I'm just going to keep doing it because... Because it's working for them. Yeah. And, and it goes back to like, I guess in, <laughs> my, for me, though. <laughs> in my own position, I look at it because sometimes like that with the critique, if somebody were to come and critique me, I just want to scream like, look, I'm doing the best I fucking can. <laughs> like, like you're on the thing and you said, well, that's my trauma. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it's like. I, I, you know, sometimes you have to take that into account. You don't know where anybody's at yeah. with their own stuff. So it's sometimes that's what's hard too. But that's why I talked about delivery. You know, yes. sometimes like when you are wholeheartedly out there trying to help somebody else, 
Like, I'm not trying to bring anybody down. That's yeah, the last exactly. thing that I do when I'm trying to say, like, I'm trying to elevate you. Yeah. Because I know, because yeah. I know. And it's not going to, I'm not going to say like people are, I'm not going to say people are talking because we've talked about some loose beads, but whatever. But so, I mean, I'm not trying to do it so that I'm like trying to be better than you or be more competitive against you. Why would I tell you if you have loose beads, if I was trying to be competitive, <laughs> I'd be like, keep doing the loose beads. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. it's, and it's power. Like wisdom is power. Knowledge is power. And if you're in a, regardless, if you're in like corporate wherever and doing all this stuff like money management and the knowledge of money is great. The same thing with artistry. If you have more knowledge about maybe your art and then maybe the larger scale of the art scene, then that's power. Like, and I'm not saying power, like your power over somebody else, but it's that more, it's for yourself. <laughs> it's like, you're more knowledgeable. It gives you more strength mm -hmm. for yourself, not necessarily in comparison to somebody else. Like, yeah, it's all a lot of. If you think my bullshit, no. <laughs> if you think my beads are no good, then let me know. <laughs> if you think my beads are no good, let me know. Hit us up. Yeah, but yeah, up. it's all perspective. I think. Yeah, really it's all personal, and that's just our person. That's just my personal opinion, and it is because it, like it's not the gospel. Let's just say that. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember, I have a small story years and years ago. Like I mean, when I was like fourteen ish, I remember being at an art showing. Oh. along with another art mm -hmm. artist and at the time we were looking at different artists and and their work and there was there were paintings up on the wall and at the time you could tell that the the artist herself was going through something yeah because the paintings were very heavy they were yeah. very dark they were very um they were kind of scary actually to be honest like okay in that sense but they were beautiful her work is amazing like this person at the time and I, I'm not gonna I don't want to yeah. call anyone out so I remember standing with another artist at the time and this artist I don't know if the artist felt threatened because uh -huh. the work was so amazing okay but just tore it down completely and said well this isn't art and I was like the hell are you talking about they were images of people and like some of the images like it was people like melting and yeah. like but it was so detailed it was so like i wasn't even just looking at what it was i was looking at the, the technique yeah. and yeah. the work that was put into it and everything and this other artist i was shocked at how they were you know i i was just i i was like where is this coming from like are are you threatened because this other artist is so amazing or are yeah. or do you really just hate it like I don't but it, I just I was shocked and it was like somebody that you know was kind of up there and on the scene with their own beat uh, with their own art so yeah. I was kind of like wow that's what you think of other artists you know I, I was just taken aback at the time so I kind of kept that in my head what an asshole <laughs> you know so I don't know I have a I have a story so the first time I ever went to the herd market, I got best of class for beadwork and, um, oh, sorry, I think it was diverse arts. I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember right off the top of my head. And I was like, I was, it was brand new. I never showed everywhere, anywhere. This is the first time anything. And I'm like, I'm even my, <laughs> right now my heart is beating and I'm feeling kind of hot. And so whatever, like, you know, people were saying congratulations, all that stuff. And I didn't really, when you first get on there, you don't really know like the extent of what's going on. Cause I wasn't part of the scene and. So it was just like, whatever. And people were like, oh, yeah, it was nice. Da, 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 so stuff like that, whatever. I never sold, but that was okay. And um, But I didn't realize that other artists in the category come and check it out, like to see. Because yes, you might see it fleet slightly when you're seeing at the awards thing, but people want to, I guess people want to see it. I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, I've done that. I've done the, 
swoop by and seeing somebody who like won the top prize yeah. just to see what it's like because like I, you don't get jet. So I was standing there and this lady comes and uh, she was an artist. I'm assuming she was an artist. And um, she goes, that's what won. <laughs> and I'm like, but I tried not to say anything. Like I wasn't trying to do whatever. My mother was there too. I don't know if she was there at the time though. And she's like, that is what won. And I was just like, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> you cannot say, like, you know, like, yeah. And then she proceeded to say, well, so-and-so made this out of this and whatever and all this stuff. And one, I don't know anybody who's part of this the scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know any artists. Like, that's where my ignorance is in that regard. Like, I'm not, I don't know anybody. So I was just like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, and, and basically saying like the other person should have won because they were using precious stones and all this other stuff. And I was just like, that's where the, that's where the judges thought it should go. And it's all personal perspective. Right. So, but it was funny because I was the one, I was the artist being critiqued basically. And I was just like, okay, like, well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to say, yes, this is so beautiful. Like, that's not what it was either but i was just like oh my god this lady just came here and said that so and so should basically you shouldn't have won (laughs) basically i shouldn't have won and like that's what it was and i was just like well there's a ribbon so okay then and but then nobody wanted to buy it which was fine and that's a piece i just posted on instagram and then people were like oh my god it's so great but yeah it was good and my son likes it and he's using it and that's one of the things i haven't sold and i haven't sold the purse that i've made too and i think i'm just might i just might keep it like, why the hell not just keep some things <laughs> for myself if they don't sell? And so anyway, but. But yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was just funny because I was just like, ah, uh, it's brand new. And they just were like, <laughs> she just said, well, so-and-so. I'm like, I don't even know who that is. Like, okay. <laughs> sorry, I sorry, won. Sorry, <laughs> I won. Like, it's all perspective. Yeah. So it's like when you sit there and you're judging your stuff against somebody else, you know what? Don't just stop. And look at your own stuff and yeah. stay on your own course. Like, And it was funny, like not too long ago, I was trying to design something and I was trying to go out of the box and I was losing my mind and you were sitting there yeah. and you went, stop it. Why are you doing that? They're coming to take class from you for your stuff, like yeah. the way you do it. Why are you trying to change it? And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> OK. So, you know, sometimes you have to remember that too. like your style is your style and it's great. And, and that's it what people shouldn't like. Be. That's I mean, yes. that people love it, really. They really love it. Yeah. And it shouldn't look like everybody else's, yeah. you know, like do your own thing, like have it look like yourself and don't worry about if it's identical to somebody else's or if whatever, you know. Or or if it looks like something that you've already done. Yeah, because that's, that's you. That's you. But then I also told you, keep that creative thing for something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like when you want to do that project, keep like hoard that, hoard that creative juices for yourself. Yeah. Rather than extending it to a class when they are expecting to have a Margaret, a Degaru Yakua, yeah. you know, you leave that for you so that you can just use that because you don't want to waste that on, I mean, not to say that waste it, but yes, I said, I said that, I said, <laughs> you don't want to waste it on a class. Keep it, harbor it, and then make something, make your inspired. <laughs> your inspired piece. Yeah, use Jessica Hernandez's piece as, a, as an inspiration and how that made you feel. Like, I want to do this. and I do have a major yeah. project in mind. I'm not even going to share it on here because. Well, you shouldn't. I haven't. I don't think I shared it to anyone yet, but I'm just not there yet because I know it takes a lot of time and I'm just not in the space. Yet. Maybe when the snow starts or I'll feel it, but. I haven't been there. Get those last three pairs of moccasins done and yeah. then you'll be able to be like. Yeah, maybe that's when it'll come because it's there. I know what I'm doing. I just don't feel like it yet. So hopefully, hopefully something. That's like mine come. and my like 12 year project. That I, have, <laughs> yeah. I already have everything. 
So I had other questions too that I had put out so we could awesome. do those quick. Mm-hmm. So the question was, what tips and tricks would you like to know about be- raised beadwork? So a few questions came in, not too crazy, but edging styles. So that's all they wrote. So edging styles. I don't know what that means. So, well, I know what it means. Did you post a picture of an edging? Is that what it is? Like rope No, like they just asked edging? about that. So the different styles. So oh my God, there's so many and people are making up so many new ones. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say people are making up so many new ones, but you see people who have animated some more innovative ones off the top of my head. I can't think of them Mm -hmm. probably because I would scroll fast. So I wouldn't copy them, (laughs) (laughs) but I tend to do usually some people use, um, what do you call seek? I saw somebody do a sequin one. I'm not sure if it was Addy or somebody. I'm not sure if somebody did a sequin. I did one on my age that, uh, was it red? Yeah. Okay. So it was you. Okay. I did it in the centers because those sequins were from my great grandmother. Sequins. Sorry. Bugle beads. I know Addie oh, did some with sequins. Okay, yeah, like in terms ones. of that one. But the edging of something was. I just was saw Dana do one, but they look like wampum beads on okay, a Okay, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Bugle beads. I know my cousin Wasakuyosta just did one on purses. They were the long, it? Was round it? bugle beads. No, it was, it was something. Along. It was like almost like one of those like one, two edges, but it was bugle, bugle beads. So it kind of just looked like this, like long rectangles. I'm not sure who it was. So if, if, if you know who it is or if you're that person. <laughs> yeah. Tag us on Facebook. I mean, on Instagram. But I tend to do like the one, two, three or the, the little like little, little triangle. Yeah. One bead, two beads. Whoever's listening, if you're not a beater with this kind of edging, you probably have <laughs> no idea what we're talking the about. The lingo. The lingo. So maybe we'll say one, two, three edging or I will do. I call it like the lacy look. It looks like. It's just so small though. Well, I I usually round mine, so I don't keep them pointy. No, no. See, I'm talking about like the one bead, two bead. There's only oh, two beads. when you go through. I when see. When you go through, yeah. like kind of like that. I see what you mean, yeah. Or I'll do like the scalloped one. like that, Yeah, like, that's what I call it. Like the little dome. But then the one that takes the longest is like the lacy one. Yeah. That one. But it looks really good. Sometimes it looks hard though, like depending on what you're using. Yeah. And I find like sometimes I switch it up to depending on male or female. Yeah, like I you always like pointy. I make it pointy for yeah. guys and roundish for women. Like just yeah. I don't know the whole vibe of it. But uh, yeah, those are different. And then there's like the triangle if... one where it's like it's just one line, and then you go through the last bead, and then you go back down. Terry Thomas does it a lot. Yeah, that it peaks. I do that too, but I do a different one where it's you go through one, and then I'll put like six beads on. You go through one, you go yeah. down, then you go back through one. That kind of thing. Yeah, so, I think she does the same one. But hers it's time are, cause, or what? No, hers, well, maybe it is the same, but there's she does something else because she ends up with one at the top. That's what you're supposed to end up with one at the no, top. No, the way I do it is different. Like I do, I don't do the one at the top. So mine stay flat almost. Hers gets a point. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. There's one extra step I think she does on hers. But she does her, that a lot. And I find that mm-hmm. to be the, the most daunting one of all, even more than that lacy one. Because it's like you got to make sure that bead is pulled top. I don't really like that. <laughs> so shout out to you, Terry Thomas, for that pointy thing, that pointy, the pointy edge, one. the pointy edge. But um, the scallop one, I would say, takes the is it, which scallop one? That's like when you go one, two, three, four, four, and then you come back down where it, the whole thing is full. Oh, you mean like the lace look? Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking like scallop, like oh, like nine up. beads go through one, not eight beads go through one, or however that works. Whatever that combination is, everyone, <laughs> everyone's you, probably like, you what the know. hell are they talking about? But what I did once for, I think it's for my cousin, a yoke, I did the lacy edge and then I put, sca- then I put 
like fringe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was like a double. Yeah. I d- I've done that, I think, maybe once or twice. And it's a little bit extra work, but it just adds a little it bit looks more nice, yeah. fuller. Not just- I don't know if I think you inspired me, but I did that on the uh, community challenge one, too. Okay. On my piece, it has yeah. the scallop is all there. And then I think I did two drops. Okay. And I, yeah. Some people really do really good fringe, Intricate, man. My, yeah. I'm trying to do a fringe on my daughter's purse right now. And I suck at the fringe. Some people have really good fringe. I'm just like, oh, I'm oh, jealous. I like the Kahanwakwa too. Shout out. Hers, she does like the twist at the bottom. Yeah, or, the but twist, it's all yeah. beads. It, yeah, it looks, that's pretty cool too. And somebody else, I think it was, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was, it just seemed like it went down and up, down and up, down and up. Like it just was like really thin, but it was long. I don't know who it was. So if that, that was you. Good for you, because I, I tried to do it last night and it didn't come out real good. <laughs> so I had to take it all off. And now I'm like, like I don't want to just keep doing the same old boring one, but I don't know. Sometimes if it works, it just works. Mm-hmm. So but that yeah. was one. So those are all the million different ones that we think of that <laughs> we don't even know what they're called. We just name them as we go. Oh, there's also whip stitch. That's like the edging. That's another edging. Oh, but yeah. That's I, like, love the witch, I love the whip stitch. That's like you cover the entire edge with all your beads. I love that one. So that's for edging styles. You can hit up all those people and look at all their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they do all those. Just keep uh, scrolling. Yeah. So another one I got was how to wrap velveteen neatly onto the vamps, especially near the, in quotations, corners, like at the top. Uh-huh. So some people's vamps shapes are fully rounded almost, yeah. where it's almost like an egg type of look. Yeah. And sometimes there are almost like a corner at the top where the... Like a sharp corner? A little bit, yeah. Okay. It's that, you know, Uh you know what it is. So I had reached out to her because I, just to explain it, where there's a perceived corner at the top there, I cut that right out. I just don't go super close to the edge because then you don't want no gaps, but that's how I do it. And then it doesn't bulk up. So for me, I hate that bulkiness to it. So I just check out that whole little square and I get rid of it. So, and then I don't, I don't make cuts to okay. my thing. I just flap them all over. And Wait, you don't make cuts? What do you mean? When I'm folding it over, I don't cut it. Oh. I just. Okay. So I do the complete opposite. I always keep that corner and I cut it at an angle so that it's very, very thin. I fold that one over first. Then I, the other opposite side of the corner, I cut at an angle so there is no bulk. The bulk will be only what I put down first. And then I fold it over so that it's the corner is always covered. So there's, it's always covered with a piece of fabric. It could be even just like a sliver, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Fold it over and then I fold the other sides in. And then I always cut. I'm always cutting. I'm always decreasing the amount of fabric on the back. Yeah. So when I do it too, I fold it all over. I don't make all the cuts. I fold it. But then when you fold it, it you get a ridge at the top. I just snip those oh, all Oh, I see off. what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And then I just cut off the bulk. That's left over at the edge, like at the end. Yeah, if there's extra. Yeah. So we have just different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And they all turn out the same. So that's the answer to that. Or that's our answers to that. I don't know. There's probably other people who do it differently too. But one thing to remember is don't put a lot of glue. Oh, God. But if you put glue, use paper glue. I'm calling you out. Glue stick. I'm going to call someone out. She's going to laugh. Who's this? (laughs) Where is my Billy Joe? Billy Joe and Shannon, they're always joking in my class because they were, I don't know. I don't honestly know if they put too much glue, but we always joke about it that they smother it on, but I don't think they really do. But we always joke about it. They're like, oh no, she's going to watch me put on the glue. Cause I always stress that in my classes, like do not put a lot of glue on. And 
a lot of times if you're if you're a new beater you don't you don't really know those things yeah. so when you put the glue on you're like oh, okay this doesn't look like a lot when i say not a lot i mean like when you relook at it before you glue it on it's something, like almost like nothing. there's nothing like it's there it's almost already dry yeah it's gone yeah. like that's what i mean by a little bit of glue if you still see the glue that's too much glue yeah so i just recently had a few beginner classes so that's what we were talking about and sometimes honestly you have to let people do yeah you have, to, you have they have to do learn. it because they did it, some of them, they glued it and it was hard as a rock. <laughs> and some people don't so, realize that when you're gluing, like if you're still gluing the velvet from the front, it matters to how much glue you put on the back. Like it's not mm -hmm. just the front because those two those two sections of glue make one humongous like sandwich and then your needles like busted or broken yeah. and your fingers, are, your fingers are sore. Hard as a rock trying to get through it. So yeah. glue, do not use a lot of glue. So, and... When making those cuts too, I always tell my class, do not cut all the way to, to, the, edge. to the edge because when you go to wrap it, you're going to see that cut. It's going to wrap around or sometimes it just starts to fray, fray. and boop, it'll boop, run boop, right yeah. into the front. So yeah. if you still make cuts, don't cut it too, too close to no, the edge. Don't do that. So the other question was, which thread conditioner do we use? I don't use any, even though I have one and I lost it. Mm -hmm. but the one that I used to use was the one that you gave, and I don't know what it's called. It's Indian Creek Thread Conditioner, and I get it from the Indian Creek lady. I don't even know what her, I don't even know what her first name is, but she's on Instagram. It's NDN Creek, and yeah, it's really good, and I've been use, I used it last night. I use it just because it, it just works, and I think I just like it. I just, I like those kind of things. It just adds a little bit of something because I always saw people using like beeswax and I, I, I find it too like thick and gummy kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So that was the other question, beeswax or conditioner and what's the best thread to use? So for me, I, I don't know too much on it because I don't use any yeah. at all. But the thing was, whatever I used before was probably the beeswax. I didn't like it because it, left like a filmy feel yeah. on your hands. And when I would go through, sometimes it would come off the thread. So now you get like a chunk of wax on, on your fingers, not even on the your fingers, but sometimes like when you're pulling it right through, oh, like through the thing. Yeah. yeah it's, so it's on your velveteen yeah. or it's, a, and I'm not about that. So I, that I didn't care for. So I'll have to try it out more. Yeah. And for the thread, I use the one that you have. Naimo. Yeah, that's what Nimo. I use too. I mean, and some people have said, like I've been to places and people are like, well, what do you use? Why don't you use this? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know some of the threads. I know there's like, there's like one that's just like beading thread, they call it. But then I, I think the quality turned after like maybe, maybe 12 years ago, the quality of that. And I won't say where it came from, but the beading thread changed. So I stopped using that. Maybe it was even more than 12 years ago and just started using Nymo. My mother had Nymo at the store, so that's like when she had blue sky beads, and so that's what we use. Yeah, I tend to use Nymo. I've I know there's a there's a few other ones, something called G Long, I think it is, or something. I, I think that's what it's called. I've used that, and that was good. And I got that. I just happened to have it like um, I was away, and I had to find thread, and that's what they had, so I used it. So that was good too. But yeah, I tend to use Nymo. Yeah, double O or O or B or D or whatever, whatever I'm using, like whatever kind of beads I'm using. So. Yes, that's it's all personal preference. But I will say that if you are using a thinner thread, don't make it super long because if you're going in and out of fabrics or something, it's gonna fray at the eye. There's no yeah, there's no shreds. there's no way to get around that because it's so 
fin that needlehead it's there. Just so the, uh, it's just going to yeah. happen. So and it's matter. the pressure from going in and, in and out, out of the Yeah, the it's going to happen. So don't make it super long because then you'll be wasting thread or you'll be disappointed. So Yes. So another question was, okay, how do you incorporate colors and different size beads in raised beadwork? So that's kind of interesting. And that's, I think, to each their own, that everyone has their own preferences. Yep. How do you incorporate color? I don't know. I mean, I just slap anything together. But the different size beads and all that, that's more preference. Because if I'm doing raised beadwork, I don't tend to like delicas mm. for myself. I'm not judging other mm -hmm. people's stuff. I mean, like, I don't like, I don't like how it looks when I do it mm -hmm. with a delica because of the squareness. So I tend to stay with Charlotte's or the Miyuki seeds, mm -hmm. sometimes even Toho. But those two, sometimes I like those for flat work, mm -hmm. but to incorporate them, I have in the past and I don't know if I would do it. Not with like a Delica and a Miyuki. I wouldn't, I don't know, unless I was going for something, but no, I don't know. I don't, for rays, that's, I don't, I tend to stick with rounder beads for me mm -hmm. personally. Different size beads. So different sizes. Yeah. I don't know. You can always change things up. I've seen like so much where people do the flat work in bigger beads mm -hmm. and then you fill it in with smaller or you do all the edging in bigger beads. Yeah. Um, I've even done flowers where I use small, small, small beads be on the actual petal. And what I yep. do is, is I tend to go small to big rather than big to small. Like if it's from the center of the flower in terms of like the petal, it's always the, the smaller bead. Touching the fabric is more of the, well, I mean, they're both touching the fabric, but I mean, the, in towards it. Yeah. The if you're doing the, a petal, it's starting from the center going out. So center is smaller, smaller going out, out is, is bigger. Because then you, because yes, you want to see a progression but i don't want it to be so obvious because you'll see it if it's on the outside of the edge more obvious so but i mean that's what i mean and people are always incorporating different size beads when they're doing their uh, what do you call that their fringe or even their edging like you know you can do like one two beads and then a giant bead in and down or whatever mm -hmm. so i mean that's easy to that's easy to do but i think like you should be able i think people should be more open to changing the different kind of beads that they're using like you said like charlottes or different things because they mm -hmm. add different the cut Textures, on a Charlotte yeah. gives it a little diff different dimension. If you're not more optimal to use Toho and Delica because of the more tubular way that it is rather than a seed bead, like the, the more round edge, then that's cool too. But like, you know, like you, you don't know until you try and colors. Well, sometimes it's just trying and then taking it off and then find like, I, I'm using all white for my daughters. And let me tell you, people think, Oh yeah, just doing all white. Well, there's like, 30 different whites I have and it's all different colors because some I've, might have a yeah some might have like a little bit of iridescent and some are matte and some are shiny and pearl and then one looks like a pearl and the other one looks pearl but it's more like not so not so heavy in terms of the, I don't it's just a lot it's hard it's actually really hard I did that all red pair and honestly if you are doing one color where the tones are slightly different mark it down I had the hardest time because once the beads are on, sometimes if they're translucent or whatever, they change their color. Mm -hmm. So they don't look alike. They don't look like what's in the look, tube. Yeah. So then I was like, oh my God, what did I use here? So now I had to really look and whatever. So mark it down. It, it yeah. really does help. So another little tip. Um, and the last question was, what weird quirks do you have when you bead? What weird quirks do I have when I bead? <laughs> so well, what constitutes weird? I don't know. I guess like for me, I have to have short nails. I can't work with long nails. Oh, okay. I hate it. Oh, like that kind of quirk. Okay. So if we're talking about nails, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time. 
So my nails are really short because I cut all my nails before I start a big project. <laughs> and yeah. then I wait to see how long they get well in the project. <laughs> and I like to like have nice colorful nails as they keep growing longer. That's why I haven't had color on them. So that's my <laughs> core because I cut them all and then start a big project to see how long they get while I'm feeding. That's one. So yeah. So that that was, yeah, that was the question. And mine too, it's I can't work with long nails. I have to just in general in life, but I just can't stand the feeling of like my nails touching anything. And, ah. So what I got to cut them. One of your weird things is that you don't, you're not a messy, yeah, you're not a messy beater. Oh, hell no. And I'm totally the messy beater. But it goes back to what I had said in the past podcast, like my brain already feels messy. Messy. No, <laughs> I have a messy fulfilled. brain. Fulfilled. <laughs> Failed to capacity. Yeah. <laughs> messy just sounds like, yeah, I yeah, know, it just seems like, yeah. Yeah, I, so that's why it's, it's, that's my own thing where it, it will look messy for a bit though. It's not like I'm picking up every string after I cut or whatever like that, but there is a nice neat pile of strings and then there's yeah. like after a while I feel like everything's like caving in so I'm like ugh, I can't like if I cut out a pair of moccasins when I go to sew them up I have to clean before I do it so I have to put all the, the stuff away all the extra material all the leather anything that I don't need anymore has to get put away otherwise I feel just like there's so much shit on the table and I like to have like a lot of big clean space to work with so if it's all everywhere then I'm like oh. I can't do this. <laughs> I have a question for you just because I just thought of it just now. Yes. So a lot of times like you might see like on Instagram or anywhere, people have like colored designs. Like they do their design and then they color it. Have you ever colored your design? And I'm not necessarily saying like in terms of like raised beadwork, I think for flat beadwork, mm -hmm. I've seen people I've like, seen it. and I wonder like, I don't do that. And I don't think I would even, cause I'm not an artist like you, like I'm not a painter. Like I don't have that kind of way. I think what I do is just through the beads. Like I wouldn't be able to put the colors I wouldn't be able to color it that way or yeah. draw it that way, but I can beat it that way. So I just wondered, like, have you ever colored your design, like your flowers or anything? No, I don't. Mainly because I like flexibility in work. Mm. I don't like things being so rigid. I don't like having restrictions. And I find it sounds... Which is so opposite of what you just said. Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah. <laughs> it's Maybe that's where it is. That's where yeah, it but comes. But it's controlled flexibility. Yeah. I'll, I'll Like, I'll start a project with a color palette. Uh -huh. Maybe I don't draw it out because I see it in my head already. So everything's already there, but. But you pull everything, right? Like you pull your beads though? N well, yes, to a certain extent though. Okay. I don't, when I pull beads, I pull beads what I like, what's pulling me in that sense. But I don't pull beads to say, oh, well, I need a flower color. Oh, I okay. need yeah, a vine yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. do it that yeah. way. Mm -hmm. I set it up like, Oh, okay, I really like these greens today and I really like this gold and oh this this might look nice with that and this and then when I go to the design, then I do it. Then I'll I'll kind of place things where it is. And because I think I do it in that manner, I have to be flexible because I don't have a, a set thing. Yeah. So and sometimes like I said, when you have beads in a tube, when they go onto the velveteen, they don't always look the same. They gotta change them out. Yeah. Sometimes they're like I just did that. I had a I'm doing like the men's, it's a man's thing. So I'm yes. trying to keep it masculine. So I had a tube of red, but when I put it on, it had a pink mm. look. So I took that off, you know, so you have to be flexible a little bit. That's why it's good to have a lot of colors. Yeah. A lot of beads. A lot of beads. From wherever your local <laughs> bead place is, wherever you love, whatever you like. Like, I think like people should always just pick beads that they like to, but that, that calls them, like you said, like, you know, just buy them and it'll work because you know, like there's something you want to work with. So I don't know. But like I've pulled like maybe 50 different whites. 
big beads, small beads, bugle beads, all these beads. I pulled about 50 of them, I would say. And I'm only, I'm only, I've only used like four. Yeah. But I might just use four and that's okay. But I had to have all of them so I could. As an option. As an option. Because yeah. I like to have options. Yeah. That's me too when I work. So, and I don't know if you have anything else quick. We'll uh, wrap it up soon. No, I think, I mean, that's, all, you ta- you covered all the questions from Instagram. So that was that. Maybe just like to reiterate, to be kind to each other, be kind to yourself. You know, take oh. a step back from your work sometimes to see a different perspective. Take a picture of your work and then look at it because it looks different on a picture than it does in real life. Mm-hmm. There was one last thing. Yes. I will say that we had, uh, it was a conversation that I had about this this lovely topic again about copying and all that. Okay. <laughs> and how sometimes it's discouraging. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we'll talk quickly on that, I guess. Yes. The question was for sometimes for some new beaters, it was discouraging because they felt like, okay, well, I'm going to make this, but am I copying somebody or are they going to feel like I copied them? And so we've gone on that topic before. And the idea of copying comes from, to me, it's carbon copying. That's where. I think it's intentional. It's an, yes, exactly. It's an intentional copy. When When you see somebody's stuff that you love and you do it bead for bead. Yes, that's copy. Yeah. So when you do something that is more inspirational, like, okay, Lise did a white flower. Oh my God, I want to do something with white flowers and I'm going to do something, whatever. That's inspirational. Like you shouldn't feel like you're copying somebody because you, you decide to do a white flower and you just saw it on Instagram. Yeah. So that's not a big deal. You know, like that's, <laughs> but I think that's where the fine line becomes like people don't always, they, or some people feel like, oh my God, like I just did a white flower and how mm-hmm. dare you do a white flower, that kind of thing. So yeah. I think we got to sometimes move away from some of that because yeah. yeah talking with this newer beater it or not she's not a newer beater but a beater yeah that's what she said it was like sometimes it's discouraging because she feels like oh my god am i am i doing that or whatever you know so i don't think you should worry about that because also we bead according to seasons a lot of the yeah. time mm-hmm. We bead according to what's going on in the world, what's going on in our lives, you know, stuff like that. And a lot of other people are affected by those things all at the same time. So it triggers a lot of people to be doing the same thing. Could be just energy. Yeah. So, yeah, inspiration is not not a big deal. And don't get caught up on those kind of things. Like, if you're out there, you know... Stealing other people's stuff, stealing. like you're <laughs> like, stealing. Where you know, and you know those lines. Like only you know those lines. But let me tell you, if you post it and somebody else sees it, and you can see exactly where it's coming from, well, then you know, yeah, it's then, copying. Yeah, if it's a carbon copy, then yeah, maybe you want to rethink that. But like I said, if, and if you don't, then don't. Like yeah. if you rather, ju- if you don't even care that you're copying, well, you might be called on copying. Well, and. If, yeah, Teach if you it. don't care, then don't care. Don't care then, but people are going to be <laughs> sure. talking about you. I'll be talking about yeah. you. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I don't know. No, but it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. So I think people just like that heads up. We said that millions of times already, you know. Yeah, but like, don't be afraid. Not even fear. Just don't be, don't feel like you can't do anything because yeah. people have been doing this for hundreds of, I don't even know how long, a long time. Yeah. So, you know, it comes from somewhere, it began somewhere, people look to those who are in the field as giving inspiration so yeah and and a lot of times some people will ask me like can i copy that honestly i don't even answer mainly because do it like i don't i don't care in that sense unless it's a carbon copy and you're like not saying anything about that but (laughs) if it's like hey it's a flower shape or something like i may have picked that up somewhere else too so it's not mine to to give you permission to do so 
go for it, you know, who cares? So that's what we had to say to that. To all of you newbies, veterans, middles, just keep at the beadwork or all the, all the art that you're doing and hopefully you have a good rest of the month and we're going to sign off for now and Yawa for listening to The Beading Table and we will see you next time. Toodles! The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your DWSA and its employees.